everybody and welcome to the Game Club podcast. It is the podcast for the busy gamer. Hello and welcome to the Game Club podcast, the podcast for the busy gamer. Amazing. That was beautiful. <laughs> As always, I'm joined by Matt. Hello. And Adrian. Good evening, morning. And this episode, we are talking about the 2011 possible masterpiece portal 2 <laughs> portal 2 po- possible question marks well it is you- a question mark but it's i think a lot of people have thrown it out there before me so i don't think i'm breaking any new ground by saying that matt looked it up earlier cuz we were talking and it was number 3 like for 2011 cuz it was Against. skyrim and something else that was really big I do not remember number two. There were a lot of things. Mass Effect 2 came out that year. Oh, that's what it was. I bet it was that. So, stiff competition, but it still held up. A lot of people were saying, actually, that it was overrated as a game. When I was going through the uh, Reddits, which is my preferred venue of research for games. Saying Portal 2 was overrated. Yeah. And I, I found that weird because I personally would have thought it's underrated, but... I think that would be a. I think that would be a demographic who it's just not the kind of game they want. You know, you're going to see something as being overrated if it doesn't speak to you on the same level. If you're just sitting there going, "Yeah, it's okay," and everybody else is like, "This is great," then then you would be one of those people who would say, "Oh, you're overrating it." The people who like and probably you know kind of voted for Skyrim and Mass Effect 2 for their favorite games. Portal 2 is probably a bit far removed from those style of games. Yeah, exactly. It's a fair point. My mind for this game was so on point because I have just been playing all these puzzle apps on my phone lately. Um, That's cheating. No, and then going into Portal 2, my brain was like, yes, more. And the reason I'm saying that is because that like, proves your point because Skyrim and Mass Effect, I would say, are more action-oriented. Uh, well, that actually brings up a good point um, in terms of like uh, approaching these puzzles because we've all played this before. So how easy or difficult did you find completing these puzzles given that you've done them before? Uh, well, for me, some of them were, yep, got it, done this, easy, which is expected. But then there were actually a few that I was just, oh, what? Have I been, has, what? I Was this in here before? Yeah, I felt the same in that, say, if we take the first act of the game in the testing facilities, I didn't actually remember those puzzles I knew like what was coming and what I sort of had to do, but I haven't ever I haven't ever replayed this game since playing it the first time back in 2011. So it's been six years for me. So I had forgotten that. But then once I got to the old aperture, the second act, um, because there's some sort of big set pieces, I was like, oh yeah, I see that piece of architecture. That's the only place the portal can go for me to progress. And I had remembered that part. But See, for me, it was... Sorry, go on. No, that's it, basically. So, like, if it was an actual sort of puzzle, I'd sort of forgotten. But if it was sort of a necessary 
progression in the biggest spaces, I kind of remembered. For me, it was more like I'd get into a, a, like like the early on puzzles. I'd get into a room, but like, all right, I remember having to put a portal in this direction, and then putting one over there. Like, I didn't remember how to solve it, but more like. I remember putting a portal over there and then a box going through that portal over there and then kind of piecing it together from that. So, it was almost like I had hints going in, but I didn't quite just know the answer off the top of my head. Yeah. uh, I actually do remember something that I've forgotten was uh, near the end, closer to the end, where spoilers, of course, if if you're listening to this, it's 2017, play the game already. Um, and that is when Wheatley is directly attempting to kill you. I forgot all about those. There's one point where just from the side of the wall slams a crushing panel and I literally jumped on the spot. I'm like, oh, God, what what's going on? And then when he does the part where he's going to kill you and... There's just a single box on one of those uh, uh, bounce pads and you just see it and you you tunnel vision and you start running to this other bounce pad to get to that box, but the bounce pad goes in a completely different direction and Wheatley says, surprise, we're doing it now. And I was surprised even though I've played this game before. I was too, because he says, like, you know, your, your surprise is coming up in two rooms. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember a surprise. And then, yeah, I just tunnel visioned that room. I was like, all right, run to the thing. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, oh that's right. This is good. I, I think that, well, that speaks to the, that speaks to replayability. Unless okay. you were to play, if you play the game a lot, like, how long had it been for you two since playing it last? Probably 2011. Yeah, I'm going to say 2011 as well, but I checked. I had 50 hours on this bad boy, so I think I had played it like three times in 2011, but then I don't believe I've played it since. I do remember us like spending a lot of time in multiplayer just um, screwing around. Like, I'm pretty sure we turned like cheats on and we're like no clipping around the place just for hell of it. I do remember that. <laughs> I do recall that. I'm pretty sure we figured out, like, you could change certain variables like gravity, and then we were just screwing on that. So, I would say a good 30 hours of that is just us, like, look at this, no gravity, dude. Placing portals on other portals, that's right, because you couldn't do that, but then you can do it with with a server command, and yes, I remember doing lots of stuff like that. Now you're thinking with server commands. (laughs) So, I guess... The first thing I want to know is what do you think what do you think works with Portal 2? I find I think the puzzles like the puzzles and solving them with the portal gun like still works. Part of me like I remember going into it was like oh, I don't know how much more can they do over Portal 1 in terms of uh, pushing the boundaries of puzzles with just portals. The, the puzzles are really good and they get better, get difficult. Like they do get complicated and there's times where it's like, oh, I've got to use the excursion funnel and the bloody other thing and then the, the paint and it, like, it seems almost daunting. I think, the, I think it would be easier to say what doesn't work 
because I find so much worse in this game. Um, but what doesn't, what was kind of lost, I feel, now I haven't played Portal 1 uh, in a much longer time, but I do recall in Portal 1 there's a lot of uh, timed portal placements where you have to place a portal mid-jump in order to solve the puzzle. And I don't remember that happening at all with Portal 2. And I think the reason because of that is so that people playing on controllers have a better time. Mm. But then, I don't know, there's kind of that lack of time. Uh, Like you have at the very end, you know, you have X amount of time before you will die because of the nerve gas. But otherwise, it's, uh, I'll, I'll take this at my own pace, which is fine because obviously they're trying to cater to a large audience. But to me personally, I just feel like, where's, where's my, like, there's a degree of difficulty that is missing because of that. Yeah, so, I agree. I, I don't have that, though, because I, am, I didn't play Portal 1 before playing Portal 2. I actually still haven't played Portal 1 through to completion. Oh, you got to play it. so good. And so... So I feel like, so in that sense, it's perfect for me because if it was to, if it was to kick off, well, they, I guess they could still have done it. They could have paced it from beginning to end and the end be harder than the end of Portal 1. It definitely is already. But it, it is, it's a strange thing, I guess. Because yeah, cause t- time stuff could, could backfire as well. It could go it could go badly. I think maybe it works in Portal 1 because what I have played of Portal 1 is incredibly tight. Like, maybe they did more playtesting of the puzzles in 1, allowing four timed puzzles because they know exactly how long it should take and the level of skill required. And I think there's just less factors in Portal 1. Yeah, so that means that as well. for Portal 2, you have to take in all these different bits and pieces like the various gels or excursion funnels portal 2 has this feeling more like they want you to enter the room look at all the all the things you have like what boxes what lasers what excursion funnels what paints and then solve the puzzle before doing it i feel very rarely did they want you to at least i feel like they wanted you to solve it as you're going it feels like they want you to go, here's all the things you need to get the door, figure it out, and then execute it. Not like do a bit of it and then think and then do a bit more and then do a bit more. So what you're saying is there's less experimenting in Portal 2. It's it's just more, uh, here it is, do it. I guess it depends on the way your brain works because I was doing the developer commentary and I got up to that um, that three laser puzzle before... Like in the first act, it's towards the end of the first act. And I was like experimenting with it. And I don't, th- I, I, I don't think there's any other way around that unless you go, uh, unless you can like, I guess, foresee the, the future outcome. I felt like the only way to do that one was with experimentation. So I felt that there was still, there was still enough and if you 
maybe you're particularly good at puzzles. We are, we're all capable with games. Maybe someone who is new to it does have to experiment more than we did. Because there was clear design there in that room that I thought, oh, this highlights it really well. You can't tell how to do this until you move the lasers around a bit and actually fiddle with it. There has to be experimentation in that room. And later there is more experimentation with moving around gels with your portals. You've got to get it into the right spots. I'm not sure if I'm being cocky here, but I got that in one. And I know what you're thinking. Well, yeah, you've played the game before. But I was thinking, what is this game? Like, what is this level? I don't remember this level. And as soon as I clicked, like, the portal in the right spot, and I was like, it was only once I'd solved the puzzle that I recalled it. And so I didn't have much trouble with that because I'm just a super genius is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, this game makes ev- makes you feel like a genius, which is a good aspect. It's like you, when you get that, like when it finally clicks and you're like, oh, I just have to put this whole portal here and make this funnel do this thing. And you're like, I am a genius. No you one else has thought of this. You are everything that GLaDOS says you're not. Exactly. You're proving her wrong, and uh, that's part of the fun. But GLaDOS and and all the uh, robotic characters in this, so well done. So well done. Well, I mean, there's not really... Okay, Cave. All right, I forgot about Cave. I was going to say, yes, all the non-robotic characters in this game. Um, I think that this game is actually really good with its characters because literally... Everything has an arc. Even the damn cubes have a like character arc where they turn into turret cubes. Okay, that's not really an arc, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, Glados has an arc. Wheatley has an arc. Cave, who you only see in one segment of the game, has an arc where he starts off as this cocky, arrogant man, then this. Uh, kind of shell of a man. And then he's back to cocky, burning your house down with lemons kind of guy. But the, the the writing of them is just so good. I love GLaDOS in this. I love Cave. And even though Wheatley's pathetic, he's still enjoyable as a character. And I even think the Wheatley turret... is my favorite character. Yeah. Why, why is that? Stephen Merchant. There you go. That's it. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. His delivery feels the best like more than so many other games the actual voice acting alone by Stephen Merchant by J.K. Simmons just feels so and Wheatley in particular because Cave is kind of dictating because he's recording himself Um, but Wheatley is talking to you and it feels natural he feels like that is that is him yeah it doesn't feel like someone is doing some voice acting. You you f- eventually f- forget that it's Stephen Merchant and it's like, here's Wheatley, this charming, stupid moron. And it's, and it's that it's good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's that good for, for everyone. Anyway, I mean, GLaDOS is a little bit different. I really enjoy GLaDOS and it's well done. I was and just going to say... more charming, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say... Uh, how much voice acting does Ellen McLean like do? Like, I f- feel like she ha- would have to act 
you know, to be monotone, you know, she would have to be like, this test is blah, blah, blah. But then, then she does, of course. I feel as soon as she's um, taken out of the main system and put into a potato, uh, you really get to see, um, like, I feel like the modulator is dialed down a little bit and it's a bit more human. Mm, well, that's the point because you, sh- you go back into the old um, aperture and you learn that she is from a human. So I guess that's the point when she becomes a potato is that you start to learn that she was human and there's elements of human still in her. That's sad. They really spin it on 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 the player where this horrible AI you actually feel sorry for. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of sad and then at the very end she just deletes herself and <laughs> yeah, goes back to being GLaDOS. Deleting but, Caroline taught me a valuable lesson. <laughs> uh, but just, yeah, very, like, that really helps it, especially because I think you are always doing something as the story is delivered to you. It needs it needs to be good voice acting to hold your attention and not become annoying or boring you. It has to be a worthwhile story while you are doing what is the actual gameplay and i think they they nail that better than other games narration style lots of games like telling you story of, over like um radio yeah like firewatch or something yeah uh fi- no a firewatch firewatch i guess is more similar to this yeah do you mean Whereas like do you mean like where there's tapes and you pick up the tape and you listen to the story while you're rummaging around the room? Yeah, there's that style where it's like you have to find the story. Or I mean like in, I don't know, in, in shooters and stuff, they decide to tell you part of the story or the reason why you're there by someone radioing to your oh, character yeah. about it. And it doesn't work as effectively. because. No. It doesn't. It doesn't work as well as this because the voice acting there is never quite good enough. Yeah, because you just like draw you in. Can't hear you killing Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a thought though. This because a lot of some of the problems people had with Half Life and Half Life Two, Half Life Two specifically, I think, is that like when the story's going on, so you get to Kleiner's lab for the first time, for example, and there's story being told. And there's a narrative being done. You can still just walk around and ignore it and go play with the buttons and go like look around and you can miss it. Whereas Portal, like it does that, but well, like you can still go around and, and um, fart around, but you're still getting the story directly to you because it's dictated to you and it doesn't matter where you go. Well, because the story is where you are. Like, you can't leave the story zone, so to speak. Whereas, I'd say in Kleiner's lab, if you're not looking at them, like, in their space, then you... And I think the worst part of Kleiner's lab is that there's a damn teleporter in the room, so you don't pay attention because you're like, oh, what can I teleport? What can't I teleport? Um, But it's funny that you mention this because there is a developer commentary where they say that they had a part when Wheatley's breaking you out and he does the whole, I'm talking in an accent that she can't hear. Uh, and apparently that whole part was scripted to be much longer, but people just kept like continuing with the storyline. 
And so they tried to make it more interesting. Like their options were make it more interesting or cut it. And they found in like they had to cut it no matter how interesting it was. Yeah, I heard that part as well. Where So that's why he just goes, okay, she can hear me, run. It's like they don't, they decide they can't hold you up. The story has to come as you do. And so at this point, what you do is run because people didn't want to stop and keep listening. doing things. Mm. Yeah. He blocks you for like a second and the room shuts down. You can't continue the puzzle. The lights go out and only he is focused on. But then it's go. And that I've, that brings me to my little note here about cues. The game is excellent at cueing you both visually and audio-wise to whether to where you were supposed to go and if you were on the right track. Not only are they great at cues, uh, but if they like if you stuff up reading their cue, i.e., you place the wrong portal down uh, when you're in a particular funnel, they will correct your mistake so that you don't just die. And I believe that's also the same for the very end of the game as well. Uh, what what do you mean? I mean? Not the end bit. What what's an example of when they correct it? So they correct it at two points. One is when you're escaping from Wheatley very close to the end and you're in an excursion funnel and below you is just a bottomless pit and he's kind of chasing you with these crushing panels. You shoot a portal. doesn't matter which portal you shoot, you will still survive. Oh, okay. And for the moon, if you shoot the wrong portal, it'll still, yeah. Yeah. It'll still work. I remember that. So on the, the moon ending thing, it took me like two probably t- um, tries to realize that's what I was supposed to do. The first time I played, I remember like <laughs> looking around for a wall and being like, I can't find a white wall. And then after I was like, what the hell? I think I just ended up shooting around randomly and then it, t- it hit the moon. And I was like, oh, that's of course. I'm an idiot. How did I get this <laughs> yeah. far in this game? <laughs> and at that point, the game draws your attention to it. I think it even yeah. glints, like it makes like a ting sort of. That's that's only once you've hit it, though. That's yeah. not before you hit it. This you have the story build up of the yeah. moon rocks. Yeah, yeah, because that's how Cave Johnson dies. Is because the moon rocks are cancerous. Yes, disease riddled yeah. and radioactive and something. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. That, and so he says, "That's what the white gel." is uh, made out of is moon dust and water, I presume. Uh, Probably not water. But this is literally the best video game ending of all time ever. And that's what I said in 2011. And I'm saying that now because that was fantastic. Just when you shoot the moon (laughs) and then there is a beat. I think they said they had to calculate the exact moment was like, like... a second and something, and they just all the music just stops because the music is phenomenal. Uh, for especially for the boss fight, just ties oh, it's so good. Mm. <laughs> uh, but the music just dies down, and you just hear the heartbeat, and then you get that ding, and then you're in space. Yeah, that's that is a beautiful <laughs> we do, moment. That's we do the, our own uh, in-house foley work. <laughs> it's true. Um, I was thinking about that. Yeah. How how quickly would you take all the air out of the atmosphere by creating a portal from Earth to the moon? 
as fast as the circumference of the portal will allow. I'm sure there is an XKCD on this very subject. <laughs> There's probably a, a game theory on it. But yeah, that ending is very, it's still so good. Yeah, just. I'm saying it now, the game is still so good. I agree. Can we address this surprisingly aged note that you've okay. got here? <laughs> yeah, so, oh gosh, I just realized I'm still doing that thing. Damn it. So, I say that the game is surprisingly aged because it kind of feels like when you're using objects uh, that it kind of feels like the way that Fallout or Skyrim feels when you're using an object and the engine is just like, I don't really know what you want to do with this, but okay. But for Portal 2 and Portal 1 and Half-Life and basically all those games, it's uh, fundamental to the gameplay. But replaying it, I feel like it's a lot... Uh, I don't know what the exact word is, but it doesn't feel as grounded. It feels like I'm driving a car with no gravity and I'm just hitting things and rebounding off of things so crazily. I can sort of agree with that. I see where you're coming from. Because I have that problem with Half-Life in that it feels like you're running around on rollerblades. Yeah, that's what it's like. But it feels like the objects... Yeah, the objects have rollerblades as well. (laughs) And I guess it's harder to notice when you're going from Half-Life 2 to Portal to Portal 2. But going back to Portal 2, I was like, what is this, a Bethesda game? I thought this was a good game made by good people. No, that's. I I think it all works in its environment, though. Like, they've accounted for it at the time. It still feels natural. it feels a bit odd. You, okay. it all makes sense in its own world. Those are the physics of that world. Yeah, it feels. Good I didn't in like the, the world. Um, one thing I didn't like is the field of view. I feel there's a little bit too skewed for my liking. I didn't. I honestly didn't notice any <laughs> difference with it. There was a difference with the field of view. I never notice field of views. But yeah, something about this in particular, it works well. Because I think they've done it so when you go on faith plates, you get a nice effect of speed. It conveys speed really well and, like, running through the tunnels, like the, the, the catwalk things behind the scenes. But occasionally when I just sort of be moving around, it bends a bit on the edges. Yeah, I think when you do gain speed, especially for, you know, um, what's the fast goo called? The excursion? No. No. no it's, I don't know. It's speed, speedy, speed gel. Super speed orange poop. Um, red, red that, that, it, that does skew, but I'm okay with that because... It's a good effect. That is a good effect. But I do agree, actually, that... Um, I'm trying to think of the names. They have such wonderful yet bizarre and some obviously forgettable names for these things. The Faith Plates? Yeah, Faith yeah. Plates. Uh, I I feel like they were also kind of like how me placing down an object felt wrong. The faith plates pushing me around felt very disjointed. Disjointed is the right word. It's, yeah, that's how where it's aged is that it gets a bit disjointed when there's major movement. Well, um, I think that comes from the fact the faith plates are kind of like you're supposed to go to a point. Like they don't actually arc you 
like gravity does. It's like it's more like we placed it here, to, so it shoots you here. So sometimes, especially in the in the room where you have to, you hit like three and you go up a few levels, and there's a laser you have to block and that kind of thing. Mm. It's like you go over and then you're like, okay, from the floor over the like first floor and then you hit one on a wall and then it bounces you back like kind of straight and then it bounces you back again. It doesn't, it does feel odd, but it's. Yeah, that's in another developer commentary where the player is specifically placed with a specific, you know, uh, gravity mock-up for that faith plate. And there's one faith plate that if you go on it, you'll smack into a wall. But if an object goes on it, it will land perfectly where it's supposed to. And I think they kept it in because that was funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care so much that it's disjointed because I find them very fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, God, whole, yeah. the whole game is like fun, like especially fun. the gels. Start from finish. It's just fun. You're just having a good time. Just scratching that puzzle itch, having a cool story, having fun. How do you guys think the graphics age? Because I think it still looks like a good, like it's a still good looking game. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you compare this to LA Noir, which were both 2011. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, and this still looks really good. All the textures and shadings work well. Like specifically, when I say shading, I mean. Um, the uh, again, uh, emancipa- emancipa- something emancipation grid. grid. Yeah, grid. <laughs> I, I do word good. Um, but what really ties it all together, because I like visuals, because I used to do graphic design. What really ties this all together is the lighting of it all. The very well done and consistent lighting really brings the whole game together. Yeah, the graphics are very good. It's almost like they pulled off what the 16-bit kind of era did. There's some pixel art games from that era that hold up because they understood the limitations and they made the graphics work and they did the same here. L.A. Noir tried to probably push it too far. The technology wasn't good enough to achieve what they wanted, but Valve worked within the capabilities and therefore got what they wanted out of it that way yeah, yeah they knew they knew exactly how much they could put in a single map uh they they knew what they could do uh in the game engine and what they had to pre-render themselves like they were talking about glados uh when she's coming back together um she has one physics thing run in game which is her wires but then the rest of her is I don't know. Just listen to the developer commentary yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and they actually have to s- the switch her model out by obscuring your view for just a second to make it work so that she can move around after being put back together. There's a few things like that in the game where, like, they trick some things. I'm not sure if... I think it's Portal 2, but there's, like, an impossible room or something. Yeah, Portal 2. Yeah, is that in the developer commentary? Because I remember yes, listening is. to it. Do you guys, do you want to talk about that? Because I didn't listen to it this time, but I have listened to it before. I figured out where where the impossible place is. I'm so glad you're talking about it because I actually YouTubed it just before <laughs> we did this. <laughs> um, it? It's when you're running uh, from Wheatley, which is half of the game. The other half you're running from. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, wait. I want to see if you can guess it first. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, you guess it then. What? Guess where the impossible room is. Yeah, because I think in the development com- developer commentary, they talk about it, but then they say, we're not going to tell you, you can take a guess. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is, is the audience guessing or are you two guessing? I'm, I know. I want Michael to guess. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I honestly don't know. I will say, though, that they addressed, like, there's an impossible room, but they addressed that a lot of the rooms don't make as much sense as Portal 1, and they got around it by using the same portal technology to help you get from one place to another. I think that's pretty cool. That's really smart, I think. But yeah, I don't actually, I don't know. Tell me, tell me this. It is the section when you go into a room from below and as you drop into the room, Wheatley drops all these malfunctioning turrets. Oh, yeah. And the room is uh, substantially larger than it appeared from the outside. Oh, right, yeah, because he gave, he does give that hint. I think, of rooms bigger on the inside. You can do a TARDIS in Portal 2. <laughs> that's that's what Portal 3 is about. Because they did say, I remember hearing that for Portal 2, they actually didn't want portals and they wanted to do something to do with time. Yeah, they have an F-stop mechanic. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, and uh, But people so, were like, no portals in Portal? What's wrong with you? Portal 3, uh, Adventures with the Doctor. Well, here's something. Yeah. I was thinking, does... Do we need a sequel? I mean, when it, when Portal 2 came out and ended, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for Portal 3. But playing it again, I was like, this wraps it up pretty good. I don't know if we need a Portal 3. I mean, I would love to continue the story of Aperture, but do we need a Portal 3? I don't know if we need a Portal 3 for the sake of the story, but I would well, like, very happily um, go for more puzzles, even if it's with something of the same. But I think... You know, this is a kind of game that you could just keep adding on to very carefully because the precursor games, we've got Nabacula Drop, uh, which is the origin of the portal system. Uh, and it even had the orange and blue portals in it. Uh, and it had tagged the power of paint, which obviously is the paint in Portal 2. If, we, if they found another game, they... They couldn't stop. Like, they shouldn't stop is what I'm saying. I should keep <laughs> Getting, taking students from DigiPen. Exactly. Uh, with great ideas and putting them in carefully, of course. You know, you don't want to overload it with uh, contradicting puzzle elements. But I feel like this is kind of... It's a very good vehicle, I guess, for different puzzle mechanics. Mm. And, you know, if... They said that they didn't want to complicate things because, uh, so tag the power of paint, you have a paint gun, and that's how you do everything. They said that they don't want to complicate things by giving you a paint gun and a portal gun. I've played like 10 minutes of both, and I was just like, this is a tech demo, and I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't played them. I think they're good games. Feel. Uh, are they? Well, is that, back is that what is? they're waiting for? What do you mean? Someone else to come along with a great uh, puzzle mechanic. That they can buy. (laughs) No, I think Valve just doesn't want to do games. Yeah. Well, they just want to do Dota. (laughs) I get the feeling, though, that surely those departments still exist and they make good games. And if they ever made a Half-Life 3 or a Portal 3, it would sell very well. So if they're money-oriented, it would be a good decision. But they don't make... They don't make bad games, I guess. No, but they haven't made a single player like 
you know, story-driven game in a while, probably since Portal 2. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. released CSGO the year later, and that was the last game they've released, but that wasn't yeah. single-player. So they, uh, I think they're just more interested in multiplayer and competitive games because they still do Dota 2 and TF2 and uh, CSGO. I think they're. I think they're honestly perfectionists, and they know that they can't currently with what they've got can't live up to the hype of Half Life Three. Probably the same for Portal Three, which is understandable. But at the same time, at the very least, I feel like sure, uh, graphically and power wise, you can't achieve what you want. But we need the story because Half Life uh, Episode Two was ended on a cliffhanger. And Portal 2 was, like, implied that it was tying things closer uh, with Borealis. And, yeah. And, um... But the ending of Portal 2, to me, is an ending. And so I yeah. don't think you would have a Portal 3, but I think you could have something else that is, like, a continuation. But you put the Portal name to bed because of... Because of the ending of Portal Two, I feel like yeah, that's a, that is the good story of Aperture Science and and Shell. You could then take her somewhere else and start a new series. I was thinking you'd stay in Aperture, and it would be like Glados waking up a new test subject with a new mechanic. I personally thought that Half Life Three would have Gordon with the uh, gravity gun and the portal gun. Ah. <laughs> Half-Life 3 is a co-op game where one person plays a shell with a portal gun. The other person plays as Gordon with the um, gravity gun. There we go. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so good. Imagine if that's what they've been trying. Because you can't shoot portals through portals. Maybe they're trying to see, can you move a physics object with the gravity gun through a portal and it still be connected to the gravity gun through that portal rather than then switching the link to the new space it's entered. I think they would have figured that out by now. <laughs> I, I feel like they figured it. that out in Portal 1, to be honest. Just, just going to be real. I suppose. When? How? Well, because when you carry an object, it's literally floating in front of you, and you can have it floating in front of you through the portal. Yeah, but it's, it becomes directly a part of your model. Whereas the gravity gun, I don't think, works that tight, does it? No idea. Because when you pick it up, it snaps to you. I feel like it is then part of the one being as you, so you can hang through portals with it. You don't, but you can't pass something through that is not really a part of you, is the way I sort of see the tech. Yeah, but you could have a button right through a portal, and you could be holding a cube, and put the cube through the portal, and it'll press on the button. Do you, do you see where I'm coming from? <laughs> yeah, I do, but it changes your hitbox. I don't know. Well, we don't know how that works. So, uh, Valve, if you could uh, get back <laughs> to us as soon as you can, thank you. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about something close to my heart, audio. Uh, the uh, sounds in this game are amazing. I, I particularly love, I'm not sure if it's based on height or, or like velocity, but especially when yeah, when you're on the faith plates or using the repulsion gel, when the like sound just starts to creep up and it's like a little drum beat or a little like 
electronic um, sound. Mm. I love that. Oh, yeah, so those good. little grooves. Yeah, where it's like as you're like flying through the air. You also get them if you're doing like the right thing by like turning turning something on. Yeah, the, the, the like laser build. sockets when you get yeah. it, like the room you were talking about before where it's the three laser beams and the three sockets when you hit them all and there was like a little, yeah, one's doing like a drum beat and there's a bass line. And it's beautiful. I love the like, yeah, the diegetic sounds of this game. Like uh, to show who them though, are they diegetic? <laughs> I mean, that I'm, they must be because they're coming from the game. So, Wait, do, you, do you hang on? But they're talking about- for the player. Well, I feel like the object noises are diegetic, but the music, I hope, isn't diegetic. <laughs> no, not the music, but like these things are, I feel like these things are making noise in the game as you're turning them on. Yeah. I, th- but I, I think, think that's you can hear that in, noise. I think that's in universe. But the yeah. music is not in universe. No. It could be. There's little drum We don't know what that's no, the full capacity of the portal gun is. A <laughs> <laughs> <The> stereo system. <laughs> But also the sound of like of like jumping on the repulsion gel and using the um, the orange one I found out is propulsion gel. Propulsion that makes sense. Yes. Uh, actually, I think you've got a point because the jump for the repulsion gel that could be uh, non diegetic and purely for the player. Well, yeah. Uh, but the Propulsion gel is definitely non-diegetic because I think all the effect for that is the music speeds up, does it not? No, I think, it, like I said before, like it brings in like this this drum beat or something lit, like comes out of nowhere and raises up as, I think it must be based on velocity then. And like the faster you're going, this like drum beat comes in yeah. and then fades out. Do you want to, okay, speaking of audio, this is one of my deepest darkest secrets that i'm letting out now and that is that i listen to portal 2 music occasionally just by itself because it just sounds that good to me and i've been doing this for for six years i don't blame (laughs) you man it's a good soundtrack i look forward to putting it into the podcast i've had uh my girlfriend go was that is that GLaDOS's voice? Because it's part of like a remix thing on YouTube. And I'm like, no, that's just the radio. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to that. That'd be weird. Why would you be embarrassed? <laughs> this is an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Because as a human person, that is uh, what some would call a social faux pas. I don't I think no so. That's because you two No, but it's like... You could pass off some of the music in this as just good, like, electronic beats, you know? Yeah, but then Ellen McLean... It's not like listening to a Mario <laughs> game on <laughs> on loop. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, actually... No, 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 I don't. I don't listen to that. I did want to bring up about the music, though. The end song in this that you get on the credits, like, the, the one from Portal 1 is, like, it's one of those songs that people, like, whenever they start a music YouTube channel... They're covering it <laughs> like um, on, on a ukulele. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the first one is like industry renowned, but I think the second one is just as good. I, I, I feel like some people might have thought it's, oh, yeah, it's not as good as the first because you can't remake that, you know, that moment. 
and that experience. But I think it's just as good. And I, I really like both of them. Like, yeah, beautiful. Well, I think if it was just that, if it was only just Want You Gone, I would say that the original Still Alive is better. Um, and I think Still Alive uh, lyrically is better personally because Once You Gone, it just kind of seemed like an unnecessary epilogue. Like the game was already finished. You didn't have to keep going. Uh, but to me, part of Want You Gone is the uh, orchest- orchestra, opera, um, which I think is called like My Daughter Caroline or something. No, no, is that that's the not opera it. before the song. Yeah, you talking about the yeah. turret? Yeah, the big turret that scene. With the I, animal to, king. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To me, the that and want you gone are like one and the same. Like or it builds it, to that. Yeah, and yeah. if you put them Maybe. together, I say yes, definitely way better. I'm not saying it's better. I'm saying it's just as good as. Yeah. Like uh, still, still alive is like a ten out of ten like song and. Yep. Yeah. But I'm saying might have underrated um, the other one. I'm saying it is better, so better. Together, (laughs) together. Did you you guys find the little Easter egg where the four turrets? It's like halfway through the game or something. The four turrets are like singing that end game song. Um, Not on this run. I didn't find any Easter eggs on this run. Actually, I was going through any Ratman spaces. I found a couple. I didn't. I didn't find anything. I didn't find. I don't know what was going on with me, but I was even going through old aperture, and I'm like, "Where is Borealis?" Like, I'm looking for it, <laughs> and then I Google it, and I've already passed it. And I'm like, "Well, I'm not going back for that." Yeah, the the Easter eggs in this and little like Ratman spaces, and yeah, the Borealis Easter egg. Just this game is so good at like the world and the the, the yeah. lore and oh, I mean, it's, you know, I, I love Borealis. It's the name of my computer, so it's all good. Is Ratman long dead by this point? I don't know. I, I believe so. There is a comic with him, like, and he's the main character yep. kind of thing, but I can't remember what happened. Did he die? I'm pretty sure the events of Portal 2 at the very end are confirmed to be 50,000 years after Portal 1. So he I is dead. I think, I think that's <laughs> like one of those like maybe. No, doesn't he get put in cryo? Oh, no, he, 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 oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I do know that he like put... Uh, shell in cryo, and she was, um, and he was bleeding at that point. I don't know oh, if he okay. survived that. Actually, speaking of kind of layers, how about the theory that, well, for starters, uh, not a theory, fact, shell was uh, at the bring your daughter to work day. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's the theory that she is Caroline's daughter. I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that one. I've Maybe. heard that. Like she could have had a parent or relative that was working there because of her insane potato. <laughs> yeah, she, one of the potatoes is is hers. Yeah, mm. she was there that day. Because it's really. And speaking of potatoes, this game is just crazy nuts good at foreshadowing. Oh yeah, <laughs> we've already talked about the moon rocks. We've talked about like Wheatley and things like that. Actually, the only thing that I feel that isn't um foreshadowed well to me is actually peabody and atlas because at the very end they just show up and they're like who are you oh. no it's foreshadowed you missed something then what did i miss 
there's a little it's one of those like easter eggs like when Wheatley kind of appears early on in the game when you think he's dead is like as yeah I think it's as one of the test chambers is like being shoved together by Wheatley at the end as like a wall falls away you can you can just see like Peabody standing there and then he runs like behind a wall I actually that is ringing some bells uh but it is foreshadowed because I think he talks about it yeah he's just like I found something back here yeah Okay. And, and then she talks about the it's something cooperative testing initiative, which is the multiplayer. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That that is actually ringing bells as you're saying it. I just obviously didn't catch it this time around. Now the multiplayer in this, also very good. Like not a letdown, like some other games multiplayer add-ons. Okay. If there was a Portal 3 and it was purely co-op, how would you feel about that? Very good. I'd be down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. That's Portal Three. Just have Peabody and Atlas. Probably harder to do though. Mm, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's the perfect cop in that. I was thinking about this the other day. Thinking when another game does co-op, you often feel like, as the second player, you sit there going, "I don't necessarily have to be here," whereas Portal's co-op is designed. For actual cooperation. Yeah, everyone needs to be there to help each other out. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We we played a little bit, Adrian and I, together, and I would say 90% of it was Adrian telling me what to do. <laughs> that's but different. Like, he's telling there. you what, what to do, but you yeah. have to exist. Do I? Do I, I really? can't do it without you. You Always just have to take souls in that. It's not like playing Smite with you guys. We're going to carry your asses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to ask, actually, who put the note? cross-platform down that was me did you play it cross-platform i'm fairly sure i actually originally got it on ps3 and then because i was like oh my god you can play with people on pc on your ps3 and that blew my mind and i wanted to do that and i remembered that from something you said earlier and i think that's great and i'm disappointed no a few other games have done that i feel like overwatch should at least be uh cross-platform between xbox and ps4 because there's no obvious uh better one but then they can fight and say who's better us or them and then prove it via gameplay but i just have actually as soon as i saw the note cross-platform i remembered um playing in high school with uh a friend over ps3 and that was just the bee's knees hmm they, uh, I think they were one of the first, probably the first game to do like console to PC cross-platform. And do it like really good. Yeah. Hitchless, I would say, personally. Any other final notes on Portal 2? I don't know if this is my favorite game of all time, but this is definitely, definitely up there. And I will probably defend this game to it, like... That's why I brought up that someone says it was overrated because I am going to hunt them down <laughs> and just make them like it somehow. I think because of its length as well. This just this just goes down smooth every time. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's tight. It's well thought out. It's excellently written, and it doesn't it doesn't waste your time. It doesn't. It doesn't go too long. You you basically want more. Yes. It's like, it's 
I feel like it's a like for the kind of game it is, which is like a puzzle kind of puzzle adventure kind of game. It's a masterpiece in that kind of genre and that uh, vein of game. It's I the was, standard other puzzle games should try and reach. Yes, I definitely agree. And I would say in terms of pacing, like a lot of puzzle games, they can be good, but uh, they're horribly paced or not much story to it. But this is just, this is what you should be looking at. If you're making a puzzle game, you should be saying, okay, it needs to be as good, as well-paced, and as well-developed storyline as Portal 2. All right, so that's our thoughts on Portal 2. Let us know your thoughts on uh, Facebook and all those good social medias. Matt's choosing the next game for us for uh, episode five. Do you want to let us know what it is? Uh, no, I won't. Okay, good Good night. Thank all you. Right, Thank Goodbye. you for coming. No, uh, <laughs> it is Fallout Tactics, and I'll let everybody know oh, why. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> it's, why? Why did you do it's Fallout Tactics, uh, and the reason is because we all sat around a table, imaginary of course, it wasn't real, and we said, what game do we all actually own but have never played? Because this is the podcast for the busy gamer, and all of us in our lives have been too busy to play something, and we obviously probably all got the Fallout bundle and then played Fallout 1. Um, I think I played about 10 minutes, Michael played 8 hours, uh, Adrian played none. Yes, correct. But what we have played none of at all is Fallout Tactics, and so we're going to give that a go. I'm interested. I know absolutely zilch about this game. Me apart too. From the fact it's not like Fallout uh, Three and New Vegas, etc. It's also but, not even like one and two. Apparently, it's it's very similar, but it's a it's an oddity which I'm I'm interested in. I think it'll be interesting because I think we all have varying... Uh, see, with other games, we've all had varying experiences of the game. For example, L.A. Noir, uh, Adrian finished it. Michael finished it, I would say, harder, probably. Um, <laughs> harder. <laughs> harder. Uh, and I didn't touch it at all. Whereas this, none of us has touched the game, but I've definitely seen the lore of Fallout a lot more. I've played a lot of New Vegas and 3 and actually not a lot of 4. Uh, but... I think Adrian hated New Vegas or something. No, Didn't like that's, it. A, that's, a, that's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. <laughs> I don't but, hate it, but... <laughs> that's for when we play on. New Vegas. Um, yeah. So, the varying degrees of the world. Not the game, but the world. Should we also announce, first of all, who suggested Portal 2 from the community? Uh, well, yes. We, we was, did on the uh, we we did did on last episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But let's uh, do it again. We, you want to do it again? Rowan Go Loveland. The Rowan. lovely man who rules the land. Rowan, I love him, land. And <laughs> thanks for suggesting. Thanks for choosing a gr- Yeah, a great <laughs> game to play. <laughs> One that we... I, did you struggle to find bad things? It hides, it, it hides the negative things in just a lot of joy. It's the thing. It's like, it's so good because there is very few like it's it feels like a nitpick to pick bad things out because it's just so well executed and i feel like i'm I'm going like it's not it's not bias is it i'm sitting there going like this is i'm just happy yeah (laughs) is it bias or is it just a good game (laughs) tell us your thoughts but next also so we're playing fallout tactics 
And then after follow taxes, we're going to open it again to the community for another suggestion. This this time it's not going to be. So we said we just said flat out, what's the best game ever? Uh, but this time we've got a theme and a poll that we're going to run. Um, do you want to announce? So the theme is sorry, getting ahead of myself. The theme is uh, movie adaptations. And do you guys want to run through what your adaptation that you're picking is? Should we leave it to the next podcast because that's when it's going to be relevant? Yeah, we'll give him that oh. that tease. Oh, but we'll okay. hold the we'll hold the poll back. But it's coming. You will be involved in choosing games in the future. And but just this time around, we wanted something that we all definitely hadn't played, and so we're playing Fallout Tactics up next. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Game Cub podcast. <laughs> We're playing Portal 2. Up next is Fallout Tactics. I've been Michael. (laughs) I've been Matt. I've been Adrian. And we will see you next time.